Hi everyone, this is Leslyn Keith. I'm President of the Board of Directors at the Lipedema Project and Director of Research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today I have an excerpt from an interview with Professor Timothy Noakes from our Lipedema and Worldwide Summit that was held in 2017. Professor Noakes is a medical doctor as well as a professor of exercise science. He wrote The Lore of Running that really was the first to promote the idea of carb loading. In this excerpt, Professor Noakes talks about how he changed his own views on nutrition and how the groundswell of change in South Africa is coming from lay people and not from the doctors. He has since written The Real Meal Revolution that promotes the ketogenic diet or banting as they call it in South Africa. And the, the Noakes Foundation has produced the nutrition network that is helping to educate healthcare providers and the general public about healthy nutrition. Professor Noakes also talks about his hope for formidable change in the future. Yeah, indeed. So I was right at the forefront of promoting carbohydrates for people during exercise. And we developed the first what we call squeezy, which people could use when they were running. So I was an ultramarathon runner, and we believed that once you'd gone more than 30 or 40 kilometers or miles, you needed to stuff yourself with carbohydrates while you were actually running. So we developed a thing called FRN squeezies. And FRN were three friends of my, myself, and Fordyce, and Rose, and Noakes. And the irony is that all three of us are profoundly insulin resistant. Now we mm-hmm. don't eat carbohydrates. So we introduced the world to this dreadful product that we promoted during exercise. Anyway, what happened on December the 12th, 2010, I had a moment, a my Damascan moment, when I was feeling very lethargic and I was fat and my running was terrible. And I came across the book by Dr. Westman called The New Atkins for the New You. And I picked it up because I couldn't understand how this man, who I knew Dr. Westman and I knew his two co-authors, Drs. Finney and Verlick, and I knew they were really good scientists, and then they were allying themselves to Atkins, so I thought they'd sold out. So I bought the book, and when I read it, I said, oh my gosh, I got it all wrong. (laughs) So within two hours of reading the book, I said, that's it, I've eaten my last carbohydrate, and (laughs) I changed that moment, and that was six years ago, and the results for me have been spectacular. I've really benefited hugely, and it's just my sadness is that I believed the people who taught me and told me to eat this high carbohydrate, low fat diet. And that really made me stick. And then I realized I developed type two diabetes, despite the fact that I ran all these marathons. And that was because my father had died from the condition. So I had the genes and I'm profoundly insulin resistant. Even today, even on this, the diet, um, I just can't eat carbohydrates because it just destroys my system. So, but I had to learn about that and then realize that insulin resistance is a real problem. And so I've come to the conclusion that my advice hurt a lot of people. And so I had a choice. Do I come clean and say, you made an error? Or do I try to hide it? And I decided it's best for me to be honest. And so that's what I did. I must say that actually it's a bit of an overcorrection because there's actually quite a lot of good stuff that I tore out of that chapter because <laughs> I'm rewriting it at the moment. I'm redoing the book. And from one perspective, a lot of that stuff, well, that's the historical and that's what we believe, but we we just got it wrong. It's not that the science was wrong. It was we were interpreting it and the way we were seeing it, the lens we were looking at it was wrong and we didn't see the whole picture. And so 
Yes, I had to tear it out for effect to make sure people understood that I had completely reversed what I previously believed. We're trying to free up the doctors. And so many of the doctors have been changed, either because they have changed the diet, gone on the diet, or because the patients have come to them and all of a sudden they've realized that actually the patients are doing better on by following our book than they were by following traditional dietary advice. So I think it's a groundswell. You see, South Africa is a small country and that makes a massive difference. And we're not divided up by state and I suspect or the east or the west coast or the south or whatever. South Africa is fairly homogenous and if a message gets out, it spreads across the country very quickly and that's essentially what happened. So I think that's why it's been much easier to get a message right across South Africa. And however, you're quite right that there are still many doctors and many dietitians, the vast majority, who even if they wanted to prescribe the diet, won't because they're scared of repercussions, either from colleagues or from the health professional council. I was speaking yesterday to a lady who is a cousin of my wife. And so I've been in touch with her for a long time. She has type 2 diabetes. And she was complaining yesterday about how the treatment wasn't working. And I said, you know, you're a clever woman. I've been speaking to you about this for five years. I might as well have been talking to the wall. And only now are you starting to realize what the true reality is. And that's how difficult it is because now she believes the doctors. And there is this doctor complex. And we just give all the power to the doctors instead of saying, actually, we have to find out the solutions for ourselves. I think that we're very close to the tipping point where people, I mean, there's a paper suggesting that only 25% of Americans agree with the current dietary guidelines. They realize they're wrong. Now, that's huge. And let's hope that the new government in Washington can listen to that and do something about it. You know, strange things can happen. And it wouldn't be beyond the bounds of possibility that the dietary guidelines could be changed in the next five years. And that what Nina Teichold has worked so hard for to show that they are false, that eventually people are going to have to take cognizance of that. And that the next time the dietary guidelines, that they will be independently drawn up and they will look at all the evidence and they'll say, okay, we got it wrong. We've got to change. So I think on the scientific point of view, there's much more science coming out. The second point is that the dietary guidelines may well change. Then there's the social media, which is becoming more and more powerful and you can't be avoided. Then I think there is the young doctors who are being trained and the young dietitians, and the public pressure on them now to change is becoming more and more and more. So I think those are the big positives. And we just have to keep driving the message on the social media, telling people that you don't have to be sick, you don't have to be tired, you don't have to have all these conditions, that it's really what you eat. And I think that's been my greatest transformation was, here I wrote this book about running, because I thought running was the way you made yourself healthy, but I didn't make myself healthy. And many other people haven't made themselves healthy just by running because you can't outrun this, this dreadful diet. And so I think that if we can just get the message across that, that nutrition is number one, two, three, four, five, if you want to be healthy, or maybe you'd say one, two, three, and then everything else. But we've got to put nutrition number one. And then maybe I'll make the final point. The final point, I think, is that medicine has got to realize eventually that insulin resistance is the underlying medical condition. It's not hypertension, it's not diabetes, it's not cancer, it's not dementia, it's insulin resistance. And once you put insulin resistance as the core problem, and then you understand that you can manage it very well on a low carbohydrate diet, then you start to solve all these other problems. 
That was a fantastic conversation with Timothy Noakes that we had in 2017. I hope you all enjoyed that. And thank you to all of you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema Flash Briefing. Hi there, this is Catherine Sayo with a very quick and exciting announcement. Just to let you know, our three-day event, Heart to Heart, is coming up March 31st, April 1 and 2. Make sure you don't miss it. We have speakers coming from all over the world and an amazing schedule for interaction with all of the community. It's going to be spectacular. Go to lipedema-simplified.org and be sure to click the link to get more information. And we'll see you there.